give praise, give praise. Welcome to the house of the Lord. What a joy and privilege it is to worship the Lord with you. West Angeles folk and our visitors are some of the greatest people on the face of the earth. And so I'm in the presence of greatness. Look at your name and say, because of us, he's in the presence of greatness. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad that you're here to worship the Lord and praise his name. All of our dear friends who are visiting with us, we're so happy for you also. Blessed by the choir and praising God for the best band in the world. Come on. I believe the Lord's going to speak to us today and going to bless us in a very special way. Does anybody need something from God today? Just lift that hand and say, Lord, let this be my time to be blessed. Now thank him for it in Jesus' name. I'm going to speak today on the subject, I believe. Will you say that after me, please? I, I believe. believe. Gospel of John will be our focus, chapter 20, verse 31. And the Bible says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. You may be seated. I believe. There are those who hold and believe that the universe is a result of a host of random events. There are those who would hold that all life in the universe is nothing more than the result of a natural evolutionary process. They deny the existence of God and claim that man is just another animal. Man, they say, is more complex, more highly evolved, more highly developed, more capable, but just another animal. Those who hold these beliefs constitute the secular society. Would you say that? Secular society. Charles Taylor in his book, A Secular Age, says that secularity consist in the falling off of religious belief and practice. It consists in people turning away from God and not going to church. The Latin word secularis means worldly or temporal as opposed to eternal or spiritual. Secular humanism is defined by Webster's Dictionary as any set of beliefs that promotes human values without specific allusion 
to religious doctrines. Secularism is defined as a secular spirit or tendency, especially a system of political or social philosophy that rejects all forms of religious faith and worship. And as the view that public education and other matters of civil policy should be conducted without the introduction of the religious element. I want to say that this rejection and ejection of God has had and continues to have a devastating effect on human society. Whenever a society rejects God, there will be a devastating effect upon that society. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. But the New Living Translation of that verse clarifies it by saying, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whosoever obeys the law is happy. And this seems to be precisely what is happening in our world. People are running wild. Old folk are running wild. Young folk are running wild. Whenever we eject God, things are going to go wild. Family life is in disarray and confusion. Marriage are sometimes relationships filled with hostility and turmoil. Children are sometimes destroying themselves before the helpless eyes of their own parents. Communities are becoming places of hostility and danger. We're warehousing our young men in jail. Our daughters, too young, too single, are bearing and trying to take care of children when they're not even old enough are ready to take care of themselves. In Hosea 4 and 1, God levies a charge against his people. And he says, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There's no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint. Have you seen such unrestrained immorality, unrestrained evil as there is in our day, bloodshed upon bloodshed? Therefore the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, and even the fish of the sea will be taken away. Immorality is celebrated and praised in our day. I'm told that when somebody comes out and announces, comes out of the closet announcing they're gay, the president and his wife call them up to congratulate them. Hmm. 
Our young men are killing and being killed. Races are divided and human bondage is practiced right here in the city of Los Angeles. Young ladies are being kidnapped and put on the street as prostitutes while they're still teenagers right here in L.A. The mentality of our society is if it feels good, do it. So war, destruction, and death sweep across our planet. The judgment of God is upon our world and too few people are crying out against evil. How bad will it have to get before our nation and the world will turn back to God? Tell your neighbor, we really need to go back to God. Amos chapter 4 verse 6. God seems amazed that people would rather endure all kinds of adversity without turning to him for help and for direction. He said, I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, nothing to eat. I've given you lack of bread in all your places, yet you've not returned to me, saith the Lord. I've withheld rain from you when there was still three months to the harvest. I made it rain in one city and I withheld rain from another city. One part of it rained upon and where it did not rain, that part withered. Two or three cities wandered to one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. People are doing everything, but they're still not satisfied. Somebody in this house today has a deep urging, longing. You've tried everything and still nothing has really brought you peace. You're still not satisfied. But the Lord said, yet you have not returned to me. I've blasted you with blight and mildew. When your gardens increase, your vineyards, your fig trees, and your olive trees, the locusts devoured them. Yet you've not turned to me, saith the Lord. I sent among you a plague after the manner of Egypt. Your young men I killed with a sword along with your captive horses. I made the stench of your camps come up into your nostrils, yet you've not returned to me, saith the Lord. I overthrew some of you as the Lord overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a firebrand plucked out of the burning, yet you've not returned to me, saith the Lord. Therefore, Thus will I do to you, O Israel, and because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. The God that we faced in mercy and in grace, the God that we have faced to help us and to lift us, will now come as a God of judgment to judge us and to deal with us. You are a tripartite being. You're constituted of spirit, of soul and of body. Your spirit is the highest element of your being. Your spirit is that part of you that reaches out to God, that part of you that learns to communicate with and relate to God. The spirit is that part of you that evaluates and judges goodness and value. The spirit is that eternal part of you that will live on and live on. Your soul is the seat of the passions, the seat of your desires. Your soul will also exist throughout eternity. In this life, your soul will either submit to your spirit or it will submit to your body. 
You're a flesh. The flesh is that principle of evil within every man that seeks to lead him to reject and disobey the will of God and to pursue physical and to pursue worldly pleasure. And the correct alignment of the spirit, soul, and body is that the spirit of a man or a woman will submit and cleave to God through Jesus Christ. The spirit of man will submit to God. The soul of man will submit to the spirit which is submitted to God. And the body of the flesh will be brought into subjection to the soul and to the spirit and to almighty God. That's the proper alignment. Why put a body in charge of an eternal spirit? Someone estimated that the chemicals in the human body were worth about $4.50. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're worth about $4.50. How and why should $4.50 worth of chemicals guide a soul and spirit that will live on forever and forever and forever? $4.50 worth of chemicals to show how much your body is worth to those who love you most. I said to show how much your body is worth to those who love you most. Think of what will happen to your body when your soul and your spirit move out. They love you, but honey, you go on to the graveyard. Beautiful wife who Love you so much will take you to the graveyard. (laughs) Hang around for a little while, but they won't even stay out there too long. Won't even stay there till dark. To the crematorium, to the graveyard, they'll cry a few tears and then go to the family dinner. That fried chicken has a way. Oh, your heart may be breaking, but if you can just get to that fried chicken, you make it. Hmm. They won't keep your body around long after you die. That lets you know how much your body is worth. Why should a body that folk are going to rush to the graveyard with when your soul and spirit move out guide and direct your eternal soul? and your eternal spirit. Most folk will pass away by the time they reach 80. A few people will reach 90. Almost nobody will reach 100. Let it be me. (laughs) Your soul and your spirit are eternal, but your body is temporary. Will you tell somebody that your soul and your spirit are eternal? But your body is temporary. Temporary dwelling place. Temporary vehicle for the soul and for the spirit. No matter how much money you make, no matter how many assets you accumulate, no matter how many degrees you receive, you're going to die just like everybody else. 
Psalm 49 and 10, for he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish, leave their wealth to others. Hebrews 9, 27, and as it is appointed for men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Matthew 16 and 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul. Let me close by talking about why we should believe. I believe in God. I said, I believe in God. I believe in God because the existence of a universe so vast, so intricate, so well coordinated would be impossible without God. I said, I believe in God because the universe as it is would be impossible without God. So many things are designed for one another. And design implies designer. And designer implies person and personhood. And that is God. I believe in God because so many things are made for something else. Man is made for a woman. Somebody's confused about that. <laughs> but all you have to do is just look at life and look at us and know that woman is made for man and man is made for woman. Now, a natural evolutionary scientific random process cannot create two things made for one another that match one another precisely and totally. Somebody ought to say amen. I believe in God. I believe in God because it makes infinitely more sense to me to believe in an eternal creator than to believe that this universe and all the life within it just happened as a random natural process. Look at your neighbor and say, this didn't just happen. I believe in God because I believe in Jesus. And I believe in Jesus because of the testimonies of those who walk the face of the earth with him. Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, James, Jude wrote historic records or letters attesting to the facts of the life of Jesus, the words of Jesus, and the miracles of Jesus. These eyewitnesses wrote what they had seen and what they had heard. Historian Will Durant says that they did not merely invent fictional stories and present them as truth. As somebody believes that the Bible is a fable and fiction, that these men just wrote stories. But if they wrote stories, the Durant says, they record many incidents and many records that mere inventors would have concealed rather than told. If they were just telling stories and fables, there are some things they would not have put in the story or in the fable. The competition of the apostles for high places in the kingdom. They wouldn't have put that in there. Their flight after the arrest of Jesus, when every one of them ran away when Jesus 
was arrested. Peter's denial of Jesus. They would not have thought to put something like that in there. The failure of Christ to work miracles in Galilee. He did no great works in Galilee, the Bible says. His despairing cry on the cross. They would not have, in a fable, created that. No one reading these scenes can doubt the reality of the figure behind them. And Will Durant goes on to say that a few simple men should in one generation have invented so powerful and appealing a personality, so lofty an ethic, and so inspiring a vision of human brotherhood would be a miracle far more incredible than any miracle found in the Gospels. And after two centuries of higher criticism and analysis, the outlines of the life, character, and teaching of Christ remain reasonably clear and constitute, Will Durant says, the most fascinating feature in the history of Western man. And I say, if somebody was going to just make up a story, they would not and could not have made up a story like this. And then they were willing to die for what they had seen and die for what they had heard. They did not want to die, nor did they seek death, but they could not deny what they knew. And when Peter was beaten and thrown in jail, he said, I cannot but speak the things that I've seen and heard. But somebody yelled out, I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus because of his words, because of his actions, because of his miracles which fulfilled scripture and confirmed his divinity. I believe in Jesus because he arose from the dead. I said he arose from the dead. No one but God can rule over and overcome death. And the resurrection of Jesus validates the effectiveness of his crucifixion for the sins of the world. His role as the son of God and the authority of his words are validated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believe in Jesus because his resurrection opens up a doorway of victory and power for everybody who believes in him. I said his resurrection opens up a doorway of power for anybody who believes in Jesus. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 and 7. When he says, but what things were gained for me, these I counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and count them as dung, as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Then he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Come on, say that after me, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Talk to me a little bit more, Paul. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter one, verse 15, where Paul said, therefore I also, 
after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. I want to know the power that Jesus knew when God resurrected him from the dead, raised him up from the grave. I believe in Jesus because he, on the third day, grabbed death by the collar and shook death until death turned him loose. He said, I'm he that was dead, now I'm alive, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys to death, the keys to the grave. Come on, clap your hands. I believe in God. Because Jesus believed and was God in the flesh. I believe the scriptures because Jesus confirmed and fulfilled the scriptures. And listen, if Jesus could do all he did, if he could rise up from the dead, anything he believes, I'm going to believe it too. Look at your name and say, if Jesus believed it, I'm going to believe it also. I believe in Jesus because salvation is in believing. John 3:14, Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Does anybody in here believe that? Yet and out, I believe. I believe, I believe, I just believe. I believe in Jesus because salvation is in believing. Not only is salvation in believing, but I believe in Jesus because sanctification is in believing. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you were washed. Neighbor, you were sanctified. Neighbor, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I believe in Jesus. Not only because salvation is in believing, not only because sanctification is in believing, but I believe in Jesus because it will gain for me admission into glory. 
Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. Don't sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, I said the Lord himself, will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the cloud. We're going to meet the Lord in the air and thus shall we always be with the Lord. No more dying, no more crying, no more goodbye, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death. Always howdy, howdy, never goodbye. Look at your name and say, Jesus is coming back again. I said he's coming back again for a church without spot or wrinkle. Oh, bless the name of God. I believe in Jesus because there's joy and peace in believing. Romans 15 and 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but my faith in Jesus gives me hope. My faith in Jesus gives me peace. Other folk are disturbed. Other folk don't know which way to turn. They are upset and don't know what to do. But because I believe in Jesus, there's a calmness in my soul. And I'm able to say, when peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it's well, it's well with my soul. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, because I believe I can say it's well. Everything's all right. The ocean may rage, the wind may blow, but in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe in Jesus because without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Look at your neighbor and say he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. So every day I'm reaching out for him. Every day I want more. Every day I want to go higher. Every day I will love him because he loves me. I'm so glad I found somebody who really loves me. He loves me despite my faults. He loves me despite my past failures. He loves me despite my failure. He knows all about me. 
and loves me just the same. I'm so glad I found Jesus. I believe in him because he loves me. He changed my life, reached down into the muck and mire, picked me up, turned me around, gave me joy, gave me peace. I believe in Jesus because he changed my life. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. We praise so many things and we're thankful for so many things. But sometimes because we can't see the Lord with our natural eye, we don't praise him like we should. We go to a basketball game or a football game. We jump up and down, scream and holler. Sometimes we sit in front of a television that cannot receive anything we do and we're yelling and talking and screaming at the folk on television. They can't hear a word we say, but I believe in God. He's just as close as the air I breathe, just as close as the clothes on my body. I don't know about you, but I'm going to thank him. I said, I'm going to thank him. I'm going to thank him more than I thank anybody else. I'm going to thank him more than I thank the basketball player or the football player. I'm going to thank him because I know what he's done for me. And if he does nothing for me, I just want to thank him because he's God and because he's good. Thank you, Lord, for food on the table. Thank you, Lord, for clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord, for helping me and blessing me. Thank you, Lord. You're God all by yourself. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm thanking you for what you have done. Lord, I'm thanking you for what you're doing right now. Oh, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. Not only am I going to thank you, but praise you, omnipotent one. Praise you. You flung the stars against the blackness of the night. Praise you. You put the sun and the moon on high. Praise you. You organize the universe. Praise you. You put all the planets in their place. Praise you. You made us. You made me. You created me. Praise you. You're the creator God. The omnipotent one. I believe in you. And I'm going to praise you every day. Every day. Every day of my life. God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. He's Lord. He's Lord. Tell your neighbor he's Lord over all. King of kings, Lord of lords. I'll praise him and I'll thank him for the rest of my life. Clap your hands and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. 
tell three people he's real. Tell them he's real. He's real in my heart. He's real in my life. He's real in my situation. Time and time again, everything failed. But God steps in when others fail. God steps in when others would let you down. I'm so glad. I said, I'm glad. Is anybody glad? The Lord is on my side. God is my refuge. God is my strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Has he ever helped anybody? Has he ever helped you? Has he ever blessed you? Come on and praise him. Come on and magnify him. Yes. said he's so good. Tell somebody it's so good. So good. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. I believe not going through the motions putting on a show I really do believe a universe without a creator a creation without a creator is foolishness to me I believe I see God all over the universe I just believe I believe in Jesus. Nobody could get up from the grave with all power in his hand but the Son of God. Are there any believers in the house? Same God, same God. The same God that raised up Jesus can heal your body. Same God can work that situation out that you came in here worried about today. Same God that raised up Jesus can bring the miracle that you need brought into your life. Lift up those hands, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for your children today. You know their need. You know their condition. You know the yearning of their souls. And dear God, you created the universe. You flung the stars against the blackness of the night. You raised Jesus up from the dead. To heal that sick body is a small thing. To meet that need, to provide that job, 
to bring, dear Lord, that person to the place that they want to be is a small thing for you. Say this after me, dear Lord. I believe that you are able and by faith I receive the miracle that I need in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to praise you like I've already got it. Come on, praise him. Now reach up by faith and just take it and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on and thank the Lord. And tell three people I receive it by faith. I receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. I believe. I said, I believe. Someone in this house has allowed the philosophies of the world to so oppress your mind that for a time you lost your faith. You're intimidated about believing in Jesus and about believing in God. And even though you were in church, you had a modified concept that snatched power, reality, and divinity away from God and away from Jesus. But it's not because of what I said, but because the Spirit of God is here right now. Communicating past your rational and reasonable mind, impacting your soul and spirit, saying, you know that I'm God. You know that I'm creator and ruler over the universe. You know that I'm real. You know that I sent my son, Jesus, that he arose from the dead. You know that I'm real. And you are at the point now where you must confess and by a leap of faith say, God, I believe. And I will live for you for the rest of my life. I will serve you as long as I live. If that's you, the Lord is ready to receive you and accept you. You may have been a believer, but you just did not acknowledge and abide by what you believed. But the Lord leads me to pray for you today. If you would say, Lord, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him to show up in my life. I want my sins forgiven. I want my life to be lived under the rulership and guidance of Almighty God through Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want to pray for you right where you are. I believe the Lord has worked a miracle in someone's heart, somebody's life. Sad and bad experiences that cause you to be losing your faith, but your faith is coming back. I said your faith is coming back. Your faith is coming back. God is manifesting himself in your life today. I'll pray for you right where you stand. I'll pray for you right there near your seat. You won't even have to leave your place. 
to get this miracle from God. But if you would say, preacher, pray for me. I need God. And I pray that he'll strengthen my faith so that I will commit my life to him and follow him for the rest of my life. If that's you, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that's you, lift up your hand as your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Lift up that hand. Pray for everybody standing, please. Everyone is standing, please. Stand with those hands uplifted. Pray for me, preacher. I need God. I need God. I don't want to be in this valley of unbelief and trying to find my way on my own by myself. I want God to be with me, to help me, to guide me, and to strengthen me. Lift up that hand, please. Your time, your day. Dear Lord, bless these uplifted hands. Thank you for restoring faith today. And I believe that restoration of faith is not in a message. It's by a divine act of God where God, you will reveal yourself and show up in these lives and they will say, I know that there is God. I know that Jesus Christ is real. The Lord forgive sin, transform lives, come into the hearts of these who seek you today. Let them know you as never before. Transform their hearts in the name of Jesus, I pray. Forgive them and draw them to yourself. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Lord. I believe that he is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and accepting me. And I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Come on and praise God. Praise God. Praise God.